Welcome back to Bite Size Bible Q&A. We've been looking at a list of the most impressive prophecies in the Bible, and today we have reached number one on my list. Now, before we talk about what I consider to be the most impressive prophecy in the Bible, let me remind you of why we put this top seven list together. Somebody had asked the question, why should we believe the Bible? Now this question came from somebody that does believe it, but they wanted to know how can we show this to a, a non-believer, a skeptic, a cynic? What reasons can we give them to take the Bible seriously? So I would encourage you to go back and take a look at the very first video we did in this series on why we should believe the Bible. But any of these prophecies, you can ask a non-believer and say, how do you explain these men being able to foretell the future in this manner? And if it just happened once or twice, then we might be able to dismiss it as coincidence. But we have not dozens, but hundreds of prophecies in the Bible. Not all of them are on the same scale, mind you. Some are more impressive. Uh, I, I admit that. But as you read through the Bible, over and over again, you see the fingerprint of God on it because these people that are writing and that are preaching, they are able to know things and say things about the future that no natural man could have come up with. So the most impressive prophecy that I find in the Bible is not just one prophecy, but it is in one person, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. When we look at everything that went into his conception, his birth, his life, his death, his burial, his resurrection. Encapsulated in this one person, we find more fulfilled prophecies than any other event or person in the history of the world, and specifically in the pages of the Bible. Now, when we talk about Jesus, we can think of, of his life as a prophet himself, in the book of Matthew, chapter 24, he says, Behold, I have told you before. Jesus brings our attention to the fact that he was able to foretell the future. And if you look closely at Matthew, chapter 24, you'll see that much of what he said in that chapter is coming to pass, in, even in the day and age in which we live now. So we certainly don't want to ignore Jesus' own ability to prophesy. I think that's impressive, but the prophecies that I'm referring to today deal more with the things that were said about Jesus that he fulfilled in his coming to this world, dying, and then going back uh, to the Father. And Jesus himself acknowledges that when he came, he came to fulfill what had been written before. In Matthew 5, 17, he says, Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Now, be careful when you read this that you understand properly what he's getting at. Jesus is not making a statement about how he's going to keep the law. Now, let me make it clear. He did keep all of the necessary laws. He did not break any laws. But that's not what he's addressing here. What he's talking about is fulfilling all of the prophecies and all of the types that you find in the Old Testament, the Law and the Prophets. So Jesus acknowledges at the beginning of his ministry, he's telling the people, pay attention, I am going to be fulfilling prophecies, and he did one after another. Now this is precisely what we would expect from the prophet like unto Moses. 
Right? Moses said that one day God would raise up a prophet like unto himself. And this is in Deuteronomy chapter 18, verses 15 and 18. You read about that. Just look at the list of the shared characteristics between these two men. Both of them had to escape from a wicked and tyrannical ruler when they were very young. Both of them spent time in Egypt. Both of them were rejected by uh, their Jewish brethren when first attempting to deliver them. Right? It was on Moses' second coming to the people that they accepted him as their deliverer. And the same thing will be true of Jesus when he comes the second time. Both of them had signs and miracles accompanying their ministry. Both of them were preaching the word of the Lord, and they were both given signs to confirm the word that they were preaching. And then furthermore, both Moses and Jesus, they instituted a covenant or a testament, and they instituted it with blood. So we read in the Old Testament that Moses, there was an animal slain and the blood of that animal sprinkled on the book and on the people. And then Jesus, of course, with his own blood, he instituted the new covenant or the new testament. So Jesus, he fulfilled the prophecy in Deuteronomy 18 as being the prophet like unto Moses. What you're seeing on the screen now is one panel taken from what we call a Chick track, a man named Jack Chick. Uh, established a publication company years ago and has done a wonderful job of creating these gospel tracks, these gospel booklets that you can hand out. This is one panel from one of the tracks called Creator or Liar. Uh, please feel free to visit chick.com and you can see all the tracks that they have. It's a wonderful organization. But you can see here all of the prophecies, where they're at in the Old Testament and where they were fulfilled. Uh, rather than take time to go through every one of them, please feel free, you can pause the video and look at those yourself. Because this is bite-sized Bible Q&A, I want to just give you a quick run-through uh, of the prophecies that he fulfilled. First of all, we read in Isaiah that Jesus was to be born of a virgin. I know that some people have raised an issue with the Hebrew word for virgin. I'm very well aware of the argument that uh, surrounds this topic. However, I do believe that it's a proper understanding of, of Isaiah 7 verse 14 to, to say that a virgin would conceive. Now, if you want to know more about that topic, please feel free to leave that question in the comments. We can investigate that further. But I believe that the prophecy stands strong, that Jesus was to be born of a virgin. The fact that he was is verified by his resurrection, mind you. But this isn't a video on the virgin birth, so I'm just going to move on to the next prophecy. In the book of Micah, you find that the Messiah was to be born in Bethlehem, and Jesus was. The next prophecy that we can consider is that Jesus was to be called a Nazarene, and him being raised in Nazareth, uh, it, it fulfilled that prophecy that most likely is taken from Isaiah chapter 11. In Isaiah chapter 35, we read that the Messiah was going to be doing a specific set of miracles. And the miracles that he did, the giving of sight to the blind and hearing to the deaf and causing the lame to walk, we know that Jesus did all of these things during his public ministry. Elsewhere in the book of Isaiah, we read about his beard being ripped out. We also read about him being whipped. We read about his visage being marred more than any man. All of this came to pass uh, after Jesus was arrested and then falsely accused the night before his death. We read in Isaiah 53 that he would be esteemed stricken by God, which is a very interesting prophecy because uh, this is precisely what the Jewish people thought 
was happening to the man Jesus. They thought this man is being punished by God because he's a blasphemer. He's a liar. We read in the book of Psalms that the Messiah would have his hands and his feet pierced. And this is precisely what happened when Jesus went to the cross. We also read in that same chapter in Psalm 22 that the vesture and the garments that Jesus was wearing, that people would part his garments and cast lots for his vesture. This is precisely what happened uh, to Jesus while he was on the cross. The soldiers that had taken him, that is how they handled his garment and his vesture. We read in the book of Isaiah that Jesus would be buried in a, a rich man's tomb. And this was fulfilled when Joseph of Arimathea uh, him and Nicodemus, they took the body of Jesus down and they laid it in uh, Joseph's tomb there in, in the garden. And then in the book of Psalms, chapter 16, we read there that the Messiah would not stay dead, that he wouldn't see corruption, his soul wouldn't be left in hell, and this speaks to the resurrection. Not only did Jesus fulfill all these direct prophecies, but there were a number of, of types and figures that Jesus fulfilled. Even Jesus himself acknowledged that such a connection exists because in John 3.14, he said, even as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. So when we read that story in Numbers 21 about the brazen serpent being made and anybody that looks to the serpent lived, we see Jesus in that story. He was lifted up on the cross and anybody that looks to him can live. So Jesus fulfilled more than just direct prophecies. He also fulfilled these typological prophecies, which when you look at all that the Old Testament has to offer in that manner, it is mind-blowing that one man could fulfill so many things. So several people have tried to put together a comprehensive list of all the prophecies that Jesus fulfilled. And it depends on who's doing the counting. I've seen some preachers come up with a count somewhere in the 20s. And I've seen other lists that have over 350 prophecies that Jesus fulfilled. So it kind of depends on who's doing the counting. The number that I'm most familiar with is 48. Uh, most of the list seem to narrow it down to that number. If that seems a bit too incredible, let's not take 48 prophecies. Let's just look at eight. What are the odds of one man fulfilling only eight prophecies? And the odds makers came out with this number and said it is 1 in 10 to the 17th power. Guys, that's a lot of zeros. I'm sure there might be a mathematician that can somehow quantify that number. I know up to the trillions, but beyond that, I'm not so sure it's worth counting. All I know is Jesus beat the odds. I think what we would learn from that is that Jesus was more than just the typical man that from the foundation of the world, God knew that his son would be coming to save mankind by going to the cross, being buried, and rising again. Even after Jesus resurrected, he went into the upper room where his disciples were huddled together in fear. He said, peace be unto you. He gave them evidence that he, it was indeed him physically returned from the grave. And then Jesus said this in Luke chapter 24 and verse 44. These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses, and in the prophets, and in the Psalms concerning me. Then opened he their understanding, that they might understand the Scriptures. In order to confirm that Jesus was who he claimed to be, he referred his disciples back to the Bible. He said, go check the law 
the prophets, the Psalms. Look at everything it has to say about my life, about my ministry, my death, my burial, my resurrection, and you will see that I have fulfilled every bit of it. So if somebody comes to you and says, why should I believe the Bible? I think you can refer them directly to Jesus Christ and tell them to investigate what the Old Testament had to say about this coming Messiah. And then look at what the New Testament says about the life of Christ. And then that person can see quickly that Jesus, against all the odds, fulfilled every single prophecy, every single type that needed to be fulfilled. I think it's safe to say, based on the information we've covered today, you're never going to come across another like the Lord Jesus Christ. Have you ever received him as your Savior? If you've never done that, I would strongly encourage that you take some time to look at how uniquely impressive the Lord Jesus Christ truly is.